Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today, we are flashing back to episode number 76 with Anthony Garcia, an expert in sales and sales management who has a book and a podcast both focused on catapulting commissions for any sales professional. In this short excerpt, Anthony begins by sharing two keys to being a top performer in sales. He details an important concept about goal setting from his book. Then he gets into three parts to how leaders can bring the best out of their people. Anthony Garcia is passionate about unlocking the high performer inside every sales professional. Whether you are a salesperson or a sales manager, you'll get high value from this flashback episode. When you're striving for peak performance at work or at play, you need an extra edge to stay sharp. I want to encourage you all to try out Brain Fuel, which was created by one of our very own Cutco Vector alums. Brain Fuel is a new cerebral beverage that's been scientifically designed to help top achievers maintain peak alertness, sharpen decision-making, and prolong mental focus. Visit changinglivespodcast.com slash deals and click on the Brain Fuel logo for a special 35% off deal. Just enter the discount code CLSK when you place your first order. Enjoy this flashback segment from Anthony Garcia, and be sure to revisit our full conversation at episode number 76. What do you feel like are some of the keys to being a top performer in sales? Really good question. It was groundbreaking, which is kind of what led me to write my book, because as I look back at my career, the keys that made someone a top Cutco sales professional are the same keys that make my number one rep on my team who makes a significant amount of money, a top performer. And, and it's one, it's work ethic that isn't shown. And what I mean by that is everyone says, oh, you have to work hard, you have to work hard. And it's really easy to work hard in a group. It's not so easy to work hard by yourself. That work ethic that people don't see is truly one of the things that, that makes people a top performer. And the other component of that is there's a science to being a professional salesperson. It is a skill that is just like any skill, like weightlifting, like basketball. You have to constantly practice and constantly be a student. And the moment someone says, you know, I'm a great salesperson, I don't need to learn anymore. If they're in an interview process with me, no matter what their accolades say, I don't move them any further in that process because that art and skill of selling is evolving. And I, and I tell my team, the best sale takes place when someone doesn't feel like they're being sold to. And how that worked 10 years ago doesn't work the same today. And if you're not keeping up with those trends, then you're falling behind. So I think those are the two things that, that I look for that I would say top performers have is work ethic that, that isn't, you know, to be glorified or be acknowledged or recognized. It's just true work ethic. And the other one is 
is mastering your craft of being a salesperson. If you're not thinking I can 10x or I can 2x my results, then you're not thinking big enough. And I look at sales as a sport. If I'm not thinking I can do it, and and for for the organization I work in, my competitor is thinking. So at the end of the day, who's going to win? Am I going to win or my competitor? Because it's not a matter of if somebody's going to do it. It's a matter of when and who. Mm -hmm. And that extra skill of committing to your craft really puts you in position for it. I would love to hear, Anthony, some of the concepts from your book. There's a couple components of the book that would really challenge the way we typically think about goals. One of the things that I talk about in the book is, is smart goals are not enough, right? And we've heard for years that everyone has to have a smart goal, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-bound. Smart goals are the foundations. It's the basic. It's the simple concept to put you on the right path. But mm-hmm. if you just have a smart goal alone, the likelihood of success is very slim. And the analogy I use in the book is I said, we have to have a smarter goal. So you take the same smart principles. You have to have the E and the R. E is emotions. R is rewarding. You have to have a goal that sets up a level of emotional impact that the thought of you missing your goal brings you to tears or anger or frustration. If your goal doesn't scare you, you're not emotionally invested. And if your goal is solely to make money. I want to make a hundred grand. I want to make 500 grand. There's no emotions tied into it. It's what can I do with the money I earn? The R, the reward is going to be what's rewarding for me and what's rewarding for you is going to be different, but it has to be something that ties to your emotions. So I, in the book, I talk about, you know, my highest income year of life was 2016. And the reward at the end of that year was I wanted to buy a home. I wanted to remodel a home. And it was, it was heavy on my heart. And it took me through this entire process of adversity and challenges in the year. And that smarter goal really helped set that stage for me to achieve that income that year. How about, Anthony, from a management perspective? Let's talk about that for a little bit. Because you, you, know, you led a sales team at Paychex. You've been a regional manager in medical device sales. How do leaders get the most out of their people? Yeah, you know, it's one of the biggest challenges I think that all sales leaders have, whether you're managing the Cutco team or, or whether in my instance, I manage a, a high performing team of all six figure individuals. And I think it's a three part component. I think there has to be a component of having a vision, having a sense of gratitude and having a sense of development. And I'll try to elaborate those as, as quick as I can. First, I'll talk about development. When we develop people as a sales leader, the number one mistake a sales manager does when they develop a salesperson in their organization is they develop them to the organization's goals, the organization's missions. Essentially, I'm developing you to fill the role I need in my life or on my team. And well, there's a component of having strong development, you know, and I think back to Cutco days, you know, having a key staff, developing an assistant manager. I think that's a strong component. But if that's the only component of development, you're not going to get the most out of your people. And when you develop somebody in a personal way, you create the true sense of leadership. So Mm. I don't manage people to my goals. I coach them to their goals. I coach them to their future. And a lot of the times that's just a conversation, you know, and, and I acknowledge some things with people. I say, look, Dan, if you were on my team today and to start this, this development conversation, I would say, Dan, I gotta be honest with you, man, in the world of professional sales, 34% of the people turn over every year. That is us public record. 51% 51% of millennial salespeople interview with another company within their first two years, right? 
millennial salespeople are going to be all the salespeople. So I, I start my conversation with that. I don't know how long we're going to be together, but the time we're going to be together, it is my job to help you get what you want, not only out of this job, but out of what you want in life. And you'd be surprised at some people's development is, I'm afraid of public speaking. I don't know how to manage money. I don't know how to plan for retirement. I don't know how to buy a home. Whatever that, that the personal development component is, once you do that, you can drive the professional business development as hard as you want. But you have to show somebody, I'm here to develop you as a person. That is a brilliant insight, Anthony. And I am just constantly reminded of the old Jim Rohnism where he says, help people with their lives, not just their jobs. And I think it's a core philosophy that exists in the Cutco Vector organization, right? Is that we're helping to develop people to their, as you said, coach people to their future, Correct. right? Not just to hit their goals right now, but to develop for the future. I think that's a great insight for anybody leading anywhere, right? Is to what level can you consider developing your people beyond just the needs of your current company and the current role, but to the, the future potential that they might have, whether in or out of your business. So I really like that. You also talked about vision and gratitude, Anthony. Do you want to dissect those a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. The gratitude component has been... It's an area that sales managers fall trapped to, right? I'm really thankful and respectful to my top performers, right? Hey, man, you help you. If you're a top performer on my team, hey, man, I really appreciate it. I thank you. Sometimes we don't say thank you to the people that missed. Sometimes we don't say thank you to the people that finished middle of the pack. And one of the things that I share with my team, you know, is look, guys, yeah, I might be your regional manager, I might be your coach, your team leader, your boss, however you want to refer to me. But at the end of the day, I work for you. I'm here to serve you in a position of serving leadership. And part of that leadership is sometimes I say thank you. So when someone has a bad month or didn't make the money that they wanted to make, a simple phone call, hey, man, I just want to say thank you, dude. What are you thanking me for, Anthony? One, I know you worked really hard last month. I know you didn't hit the numbers you wanted to hit. Kind of missing where you're missing. How do you feel about that? You know, they share, you give them the opportunity to vent their frustrations. But then I follow that up with simply saying, Thank you, because I appreciate you being here, because together we're going to get through this together. And you know, with all honesty, you not being here is 100% not a future I want to see. And so when I express that gratitude just for being here, just for showing up, right? You were my worst performer last month. It doesn't mean you can be my best performer the next month. It doesn't mean you can't be my best performer the next year, right? But if you create that a uh, position of gratitude for the entire organization that you're responsible for, you'll find that people that had a bad month, if they didn't work so hard, that simple, hey, my manager cares about me, my vice president cares about me, they're going to work harder the next month. Because nobody, nobody wants to sit in a position where you're like, holy crap, I just, I let this guy down, I let this team down, he thinks I'm working hard, I joked around all month, didn't do anything. Mm. That's the easy way to identify that. Just call them thing for their time. That's a great idea. The, I think this really applies well to anybody who runs an organization and thinking about when you have events, like you have a meeting, right? And at a meeting, we typically recognize all the top performers and they all get their name mentioned, right? But are you appreciating every individual in your organization in some way, shape, or form? All the way on down to, if you can't find anything else, right? It's, hey, thank you for being here. Right. If you're a vector manager and you're running a team meeting this week, right? Can you thank every rep for showing up and their presence and what they bring to the team just by being there? The energy they add, the atmosphere they add, 
the support they add for others, right? Just by being there. That's a key part of being a great leader is, you know, constantly showing that appreciation. How about the vision component that you shared earlier? Yeah. To get the most out of your sales force, people want to follow a vision that they see themselves actively partaking in, but they want to believe in the vision. And there's times where I've been in positions where I've worked for an organization or I've had a manager or, or, or a, a sales leader that I didn't necessarily believe in the vision they were sharing. And it was because their actions didn't allow me to believe in that vision. Mm-hmm. Once you become a sales leader, right? Dan, you and myself, we're great salespeople, right? If you put us in a position to sell a product, sell a service, sell something, we can do it. Can you sell that vision with sincere honesty and a humble approach and sharing the vulnerabilities that come with it? I think once you can sell that vision, showing what's possible, sharing the vulnerabilities, and even sharing your personal vulnerabilities, people respect that and they believe they believe in you and they buy into your vision versus the traditional way is, hey, we're going to grow 10% this quarter. Here's how we're going to do it. No doubt, no fear. We're going to, you know, we're going to go in our mantras, no matter what it takes, we're going to do it. Well, that's a great mantra. But if your manager turns and says, hey, man, honestly, there's going to be some roadblocks on the road. There's going to be some peaks. There's going to be some valleys. There's times you're going to want to quit or get, give up on your goal. There's times I'm going to be frustrated, but we're going to work on this together. And at the end, we're going to, one, hit our objective. Two, we're going to grow professionally in ways we can't imagine. Three, we're going to make some money along this way, right? But painting that vision and painting that road that there is peaks and valleys, it's not all roses and daisies. Once you paint that vision, people buy into it and they want to work with it. The entire concept of creating catapulting commissions and writing the book was to just create the platform to influence and inspire a larger audience, right? I'm looking for the next person that says, hey, I can get to where Anthony's at. I can get to where Dan's at. I can get to where some of the greatest people in Cutco or any industry are. I just needed, I needed someone to coach and guide me there. Moving forward, can I inspire somebody else? Can I motivate somebody else to see there is a bigger possibility and you're not going to do it alone? And sometimes you need somebody in your corner rooting you on. You know, I didn't come my background. And if I could, I didn't have the perfect background. I didn't come from the best neighborhood. I didn't go to the best elementary school. And there was a lot of things that if I was to go by conditions in life, you know, I had every reason set to fail and somehow shape form or another, there was always somebody there at a specific time in my life, pulling me forward and teaching me the next step and teaching me to be greater. And that's exactly what catapulting commissions is. It's catapulting commissions, achieve your next sales goal. If I can help you hit your next sales goal, I promise you, you'll be a better person in the long run. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives. 